Hey, what's going on? It's Dr. Mike T. Nelson here, back with another episode of the podcast. And today we are talking with my good buddy Mario Moradis about gyms reopening related to COVID, um, all the things that go into that, um, what he's done with his uh, facility that he has overseen uh, to make sure they are ready. And just a general discussion of everything that kind of goes into that. This was recorded about three to four weeks ago. So that was the the state of affairs at that point, since I know everything is changing on a daily basis. So if you are a gym owner or if you're wondering about what questions you should be asking gyms as they uh, reopen, then this will be a great episode for you. And as usual, this one is brought to you by the Flex Diet Certification. For more information, go to flexdiet.com, F-L-E-X-D-I-E-T. If it is currently not open, which as of this recording, it is not, uh, but you're able to get on the wait list there, join the newsletter, we'll send you some cool free information, and then you'll be one of the very first people to have the ability to enroll once it opens again. So go to flexdiet.com, F-L-E-X-D-I-E-T.com. Enjoy this conversation, my buddy, Mario. That brings us to our topic now um, for the day, which, you know, this whole this whole disease, and, and we won't get into, I mean, unless you want to talk about what you really think of it, but I, I don't know if, if we're not epidemiologists, so maybe we shouldn't get into that. But um, I think there's a lot of um, concern, particularly from the business perspective. Oh, um, definitely. So on, on my end, I run a, a large community center. It's the largest, um, it happens to be an Italian Canadian community center, and we're the largest one in the country. I've got um, a massive 15 acre campus, we've got um, we've got pools and tennis courts and basketball courts mm. and multiple racket sport, indoor racket sports. We've got r- indoor tracks. We've got an indoor gym. I've got four dance studios, music studios, a banquet hall, an art gallery, a library. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah, mass. We even have three. Uh, sorry, on campus we have two. Um, uh, one nursing home, like a medically assisted mm. nursing home, and then we have two seniors living centers. So uh, we that that to us in Ontario, Canada, where I am, particularly in Toronto, the uh, the nursing homes have been devastated. Oh but yeah, absolutely devastated, uh, and we're no exception. We've lost a few um, people there, um, and we've had really stringent measures. Now I'm not t- too involved in that because that's the medical staff specifically, but it is um, it's it's in my campus. But my focus and what I want to talk about today principally is what's happening with um, people coming back. Uh, obviously, we're still under lockdown in Ontario. We we have not opened. Uh, gyms are not open at all. We oh, are. Wow. Yeah, nothing at all. There's been um, there's no discussion about gyms opening really? in Ontario. Now, across Canada, there has been in British Columbia, Saskatchewan, Prince Edward Island, uh, Alberta. They've opened. Uh, Quebec, everything but Montreal, because Montreal is the epicenter in Canada. Um, uh, for those of for, uh, and and, but in Toronto, nothing. Ontario, mm. nothing. We have a, a very 
uh, our premier uh, who runs our province, similar to the governors in your states, um, the, the analog there, he's very conservative and very health conscious, and he's taking a very, very slow approach. So gyms have received nothing. Now, um, you may be familiar with Good Life Fitness, which is the yeah, largest definitely. in Big Canada. Big in Canada. They're the largest in Canada and one of the largest in the world, something like 330, 40 clubs. Wow. Um, it's, it's owned by one individual. Uh, they recently posted opening dates. Hmm. However, as of literally before this conversation, I got an email from an organized, uh, for the Fitness Industry Council of Canada where we don't know where he came up with these dates. <laughs> so we have no idea what, where it's coming from. Uh, so, uh, it, it's, we don't know. So we, uh, Toronto, uh, but that said Toronto and my facility, if we go by those dates, uh, July 29th opening, hmm. we've been shut down since March 16th of this year. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So as you can imagine, and I'm sure, um, many of your listeners who, who have facilities of their own, this has been a massive, massive problem, uh, and drop in revenue. Um, like we're still paying staff. Uh, as much as we can. We're a charity, actually. We're a charitable organization. So we do get some funding from outside, uh, uh, from donations and whatnot, but it's not enough to maintain operations. So I've laid off 97 members of my staff, mm. uh, which was very challenging, mostly part-timers, uh, but you know enough that it's it's still difficult for everybody. Sure. Uh, fortunately, our, our, our country is providing us some... Um, some support every month by ways of a, a, a Canada emergency re, uh, revenue benefit. And so everybody's getting some money every month, which is useful. But um, it's anyway, it's still not everybody wants to work. That's what I'm getting at. Um, so most recently, what we've been doing is we've created uh, a lot of plans on how to open, what to open, um, how to do it. Uh, and there's some real challenges. Like for the last six weeks that I've been working on this, it's been just very hectic because we have no direction from provincial health authorities. So we don't really know. So everybody's just kind of guessing what they think the best practices are. Um, and, we, you know, we put something in place. Like, for example, if we look at the Alberta experience, uh, the other province in Canada here, you know, they put forth a document. The province came back with with what they thought the country the, the they needed, and back and forth, back and forth. And because everybody has this perceptions that gyms are cesspools, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, uh, of sweat and, and bacteria, they think, oh, we're going to leave it to the end in what we call the third phase, with the last phase of opening. And uh, in Ontario, we're not even in the second phase yet officially. We're still officially at the end of the first phase. Um, but in Alberta, they, the gyms there, uh, through an organization that I work with called the Fitness Industry Council of Canada, we were able to move it from third to second phase. So they're open and running and have mm. a very positive experience thus far. Um, so we're looking to do the same. So concerns, uh, I mean, have you been getting questions? Like, have you got anybody emailing you like what's happening? I know you don't run a facility per se, but have you got people asking you or pointing out some of the concerns? Because I've got a lot and I'm wondering if they're if they're similar. Um, like for us, it's been mostly cleanliness, disinfecting, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's usually like cleanliness, you know, contagious risk. And in Minnesota, like some gyms just recently opened up. I think last Monday, as this recording. And what was interesting is I still have a membership to one of the bigger unnamed chains, and. Yeah. Like no notification, like no nothing. Like I'm not saying they should personally call me or anything like yeah. that, but 
maybe some newsletter to members. Maybe they sent it. Maybe it got lost in my spam box. I don't know. But I was just looking at my credit card and I see a, a partial charge. So I'm like, oh, they must be open. I go to the website. I look. There's like, it just says open. It doesn't say anything on the website. That was a few days ago. Maybe it's changed. But just to me, it was almost more of a a lack of communication that was yes. kind of startling. And I don't know if it's just they're overwhelmed and they don't know what to do and don't have enough staff or they're trying to get people back and they got bigger fish to fry or what. But it was weird. <laughs> if it's well, if it's who I think it is, the organization you're talking about, the one of the larger chains, um, I think it's because they don't care. <laughs> yeah, be that's kind of if, the hard part too. If it's who I think it is, uh, it shall remain nameless. Um, I actually worked with them in the past, and they they were not exactly known for their. They're not paragons of customer service and consideration. Let's put it that way. Uh, they just operate, and here's what it is, and you're going to take it, and you're going to enjoy it, or you can, you know. Anyway, you can do that when you have, you know, 12 million members, something like something to that effect. You can do that, and that's that's greater than the population of of Ontario, by the way. So that's, that's oh, put, yeah. put in perspective. Um, any well, yeah, and that's exactly the thing. But I'm glad you brought up the communication piece because that's a really interesting. That's been a really interesting kind of dynamic for us. Um, I, I, the general consensus amongst most of these people is you got to communicate, 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 be transparent. Yes. However, and there's a big fat butt coming. Um, I think sometimes communicating too much, particularly when it's too soon, can create more problems for you. Yeah, you get confusion. Um, it's confusion exactly, particularly when you don't have those data, you don't have that that information necessary to be conclusive, right? And here's what we're doing with conviction, um, and that's something I've been struggling with. Uh, one of the things that I, I that the challenges that I face is I have an executive, but I also have a board because we're a charity, and unfortunately, our board is made up of a bunch of volunteers, um, an, an inordinate amount of. Uh, uh, representation from the retired teachers <laughs> and and so as a result who who I shouldn't say they interfere they don't interfere but they all have very strong feelings and opinions on how business should be operated but unfortunately none of them ever run a gym before so uh, they keep asking for a lot of things that from a business perspective don't make a lot of sense so we've got to balance that out and the number one thing is communication they want to have all the information as soon as it comes out but we need time to parse it. We need time to understand it, recognize the impact it's going to have on our business operations, and then meet out that information appropriately and slowly enough so that it's not overwhelming and confusing. Because then, particularly with my um, my membership, my, my facilities will be celebrating its 40th year this year in operation. Nice. So we have, yeah, we have a lot of my, my membership is uh, approximately 60% of membership is over 60 years old. So we have a lot of uh, boomers in there uh, from that generation. And they don't take to change very well, unfortunately, or fortunately. They like things to be the same. So when I give information, they tend to hold me to it. So I'm being very careful. 
So that's one of the things, and, and I would suggest anybody who's listening who does operate an organization or a, a facility, particularly if it's a large facility, be careful what you say because your members will hold you to it, and then you're backtracking, and then you're you know you're, you're backpedaling, and you're you're looking shifty, and no one wants that. In times like this, you need to be very confident, you're very self-assured, you need to be able to, to deliver information in a measured and very um, uh, uh, with conviction so that people feel trust because the moment they stop feeling trust in you, they're going to leave your business. They're going to go somewhere else. Like, look, look, look what you're feeling with your organization. They didn't give you any meaningful information and like, well, what the heck's going on? Right. Yeah. So, and it doesn't engender trust or, 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 um, uh, uh, comfort in you as a member. Um, you know, granted, you're probably paying a minimal amount a month for, for that, if it's, again, who I think it is, uh, you know, so that's probably why. They, they, there's great value there, so you stick around for that, but for as much as you can. Uh, for us, we do have some premium services, so it's a little more challenging, and so our members demand a lot more, particularly because many of them, frankly, built the place. I hear that all the time. Well, I've been here for 40 years. I'm like, that's wonderful. That, that doesn't mean you get special treatment. It's very grateful, you know. But uh, yeah, I get that a lot. Uh, I would say 80% of my conversations start with my member telling me how long they've been loyal members for, and which is wonderful, but I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter how I'm going to deal with you the same way. I'm going to give you treat you fairly and properly, right? I shouldn't say I don't care. It's not going to change the nature of the conversation. Um, but there was a document created uh, by uh, Club Intel, um, a great a great um, uh, um, resource for, for gym people. And it was uh, a lot of other organizations like Life Fitness and Les Mills and them, they contributed to it. And it's a massive document. It's very sweeping. And it's, I mean, it's not that different from some of the other manufacturers, but I just, I, I just like the way they put it together. And they, they, they did a study talking about what they're looking for, what people are, 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 are looking for from gyms when they go in. Uh, and there's a few really important things, and they've listed some of them, and we can talk about each one if we have the time here. But roughly 65% of members indicate they're very likely or fairly likely to return. This is amazing. This is amazing. That's higher than I would have thought. Thought. Which is good. Absolutely. Yeah. So our our research up here, our research up in Canada that we've done at each local uh, at each province is fairly consistent. We've seen as low as 45, as high as 75. So this kind of splits the difference and, and, and it's fairly, I, I figure it's fairly consistent. Uh, that said, not everybody's ready to jump in immediately. So consistent with my facility, what we're doing is, well, since we stopped, uh, since we stopped providing service and we shut doors in, in March, um, we have ceased all billing. So we're not doing any billing at all right now. So there's no revenue coming in for us. Um, so what we're doing now is we've said to people, listen, when we open, and we just gave the last, the first of a series of emails last week, when we open, we're going to give you the opportunity to stay on hold or membership freeze, no, no charge, for uh, an additional six months. Mm. Okay. So the idea here is make people feel comfortable. They can see that we're doing the right thing. They can see that we're, you know, we're, we're taking care of everybody, of everything that needs to be done before they just come back in. They can build some confidence in us. Um, so that, that's been helpful. Uh, some surprising statistics, uh, men are more likely to return than women and more inclined to do it sooner when they do. Hmm. 
Now, this is maybe an indictment on our recklessness as uh, men. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but more than likely, it's just that, uh, uh, in general, for gyms, cleanliness tends to be more important to women than men. That's, yes. that's, well, you've that's, been in I, most men's bathrooms in almost any gym chain, and you're just like, really? Yeah. Like, the guy really? who's 70 years old has to set his naked ball sack, like, on the <laughs> sink? Like, really? I'm like, I... Anyway, <laughs> so I, I got I got to tell you this story. You just reminded me. You mentioned naked ball sack, and you cued a memory. Like, well, uh -oh. so I, uh, 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 last uh, earlier this year, we finally finished the um, uh, uh, the renovation, massive and very expensive renovation of our what we call our men's health club, which is a um, a uh, uh, an executive uh, change room for for uh, for men. It has a lounge, has its own workout area, has sauna, spa, steam room, uh, you know, independent showers, uh, vanities. Like it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. Lockers, everything. And so the, we opened it. The very first day of opening, I, I'm at the front. I'm there and welcoming members come in because they we've been closed for six months at renovations. It was a it was a debacle. The city wouldn't give us. Um, uh, wouldn't give us the um, permits. Anyway, so we finally got it done. Everybody's really happy to be there. Open the doors, let these guys in. Within the first hour of opening, there's a guy, He just right there, an older gentleman, right there. He decided that that day he was going to christen the entire locker room by shaving his testicles. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That was that was how he chose to christen the locker room. He stood there in the middle of the wide open locker room with a with a with a, a clipper. Arrgh, <laughs> he shaved himself down. Oh. Yep, <laughs> yep. These are my members. They're awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it doesn't entirely surprise me, I guess. No, no. <laughs> but going back to our point, yes, the, the men are more likely to return. Uh, this one's a little bit surprising. The boomers are more likely to return faster, while millennials and Gen Z tend to be more hesitant. Oh, I wouldn't have guessed that either. Uh, yeah, you would think, particularly since the nature of this disease seems to be more effective of older people. Yeah. Uh, although in Ontario, we just had a massive spike in infections under 20 just this last really? week. Huh. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird disease, man. This, the epidemiology is so strange. Yeah, it's, and you see little pockets and all sorts of stuff. It's so bizarre. Um, any event. So that's a little surprising. Um, but then again, that goes back to the communication piece uh, that we do know that um, typically millennials and Gen Z's, they tend to want more information rather than less. Mm. Um, and they're used to having so much information at their hands. That might be a question of, uh, of communication rather than anything else. Um, and of course, the decision to return is highly dependent on both facility practices and local policy. Yes, that should go without saying. Uh, what people want to see is, are you disinfecting equipment after each use? Um, you know, is there hand sanitizing station around? Are there limits to be enforced? Uh, is manager being transparent in communication, like we talked about? And how are these policies going to be enforced? So, for example, in our facility, uh, as many others, um, we're following a similar guideline across Canada now uh, through the FIC, the Fitness Industry Council of Canada, and we're doing timed workouts. So you have to register a time. It's 55, uh. yeah, 55 minute workout. Well, it's an hour, but five minutes to come in and, and go out. 
we've uh, limited, we've, we've changed the path. So our front door is no longer a front door. Now we're using a side door to go out in and out of. Uh, we're trying to limit people congregating. Because remember, I have a large community center. The gym is yeah. a part. So I'm trying to, commun- I'm trying to limit congregation. Um, we, uh, we have spray bottles and disinfecting stations at every piece of equipment, on every single one. Each of my pieces of equipment has uh, a, a sign that says, uh, that it's, a, it's a, what we call the one touch. So it has a red and a green side to the sign. The red side, obviously, uh, the green side will say, this piece has been sanitized and ready for use. Once you use it, you flip the sign over to red and it said, this requires sanitation. However, we still ask each member to clean their equi- the equipment they use themselves to the point where we actually have another sign, yet another one, of a photo of the actual piece of equipment with arrows pointing, you know, wipe here, clean here, mm. disinfect here. So we're trying to, you know, keep it simple, stupid, as, uh, trying to make it as, as idiot-proof as possible. But you know what that means. So someone's yeah. going to to beat it, of course, right? There's always, there's always a better There's always somebody. Always yeah. somebody. Um, so we have that. And then once that member leaves, I have, I think we just upped it to four permanent cleaning staff in my gym itself, in the actual fitness facility itself, a 10,000 square foot area, circulating, wiping down everything constantly. Hmm. Uh, so, and then of course, we're also limited the use. There's no change rooms, there's no showers, no spas, no hot tubs, no steam rooms, just bathrooms, just washrooms, just washroom facilities. And then we just kick everybody out after the hour and the next group comes in. So it's uh, and then group exercise, the same thing. We've we've we're doing the eight by eight, eight by eight foot um, um, area, 64 square feet, not the 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 36, um, because I know there was some some research done up here in um, McMaster University in Hamilton up here. Oh, okay. They were saying that 10 feet is a minimum because of the the uh, the, the projection of of uh, droplets. Uh, but honestly, at, at giving everybody 100 square feet, you'd have 10 people, 12 people in the gym. It, yes. I don't think people realize how far apart people are compared to what they normally would be. Normally do. Exactly. Uh, so to that end as well, I've spaced out all the equipment. I removed about two-thirds of my cardio equipment, which I figure you'd be a fan of. I know I am. <laughs> <laughs> Damn treadmills. Did all that and then spaced out all the strength equipment uh, as well. So the no one, no, no one is is any less than eight to eight and a half feet from each other at all. Anywhere you go, any piece of equipment you use. So it's been a challenge. We've got it done, um, but man, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work for that. And so you are technically open, or you're kind of partially no. open, or you're just I, doing I, all I, this in preparation for when they yes. give you the green light to say, okay, you're good to go now, and you're ready to go on day one. That's exactly it. That's yeah. exactly it. We, we've, been, we've adopted the strategy. So in Ontario, our premier usually makes announcements Monday as to what's opening on Friday. So we, we're, we try to prepare as if every Friday we're opening, so we're, which is challenging <laughs> because we know we're not. In fact, Ontario is still under a state of emergency until the end of the month. So oh. there's no changes. So, yeah, it's, it's a little bit overkill, to be honest with you, but... It's a good practice. I, I can't really fault it. It's a good practice. Um, member usage prior to closure is a powerful predictor of likelihood of return. Again, a bit of a no-brainer. Um, you know, uh, I have my membership is very loyal, uh, but 
And this is actually quite interesting. You get a kick out of this. So I have a, a, a membership base, like I said, mostly over 60%. Uh, over, over, sorry, 60% is mostly over the age of 60, of which uh, almost all of them, something like an 89% overwhelming majority, use the facility four to five times a week minimum. Okay, so they're heavy users. However, and this is, this is a bit of a criticism of my facility and most facilities of, of, uh, of my um, uh, 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 my uh, tenure, the people the, the facilities have been open this long. They don't really do fitness. Does that make sense? I so, think so. It's probably more a community aspect, I would imagine. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So they come. They 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 play. I mean, they they play squash. They they play tennis. And these are great, but it's not. You know, for 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 most of my members, the idea is to come sit on the treadmill or or the elliptical for an hour whilst talking to your buddies who are all around you. To the point where they will often move the equipment to face each other, so they when they're, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's a whole other challenge. 26 years in the business, I've worked at dozens of facilities across the country and even in the U.S. And I can tell you, I've never had these challenges before. It's it's keeping on my toes. Um. So, but but and which is why a lot of them won't be coming back as much as they're heavy users. So it's contrary to this point from, from life fitness or from this document here, because the fact of the matter is they're not doing it for fitness. They're doing it for socializing and the fitness, the exercise component is, is a very distant secondary benefit. Um, whereas the, the people that actually work out that come and I mean, they train with the weights, they do the strength training, they try to make changes as opposed to just, you know, just walking in a treadmill for, for, for however long feeling that's, that's the source of their exercise. Um, they're, I, I don't. They're not like your return because the, what's important for them is you know the sauna, the the steam room, the the lounge. So it, it, it's it's a little different. Like I said, my membership is a little bit different because of the uh, the vintage, shall we say, sure. of, of of the of the organization. But my my younger base, which I've been trying to build, and these are I'm talking people under the age of fifty uh, and forty, frankly. Um, they uh, uh, they're they're more likely to return because they can't do the kind of workouts that you can at a gym at home for the most part. I mean, bands are great, but uh, you you know you got to get in there and nothing like picking up some weight off the ground. It's very visceral, as I'm sure you can appreciate. Yeah, it's uh, it's been weird. I the main reason I go to the gym is just to use some. Uh, I think Jeff called it 21st century gravity and yeah. uh, dumbbells. Yes. I still like dumbbells for like just you know rows and sure. bench press and stuff like that, and it's the only reason I really use it and sauna and other stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, it's it's different, not bad, just just different, right? And I think uh, variety is good. I agree, I, I, absolutely. And you've always preached that from the beginning, and, and I've always kind of ascribed to that as well. Uh, on that note, what are your thoughts of Techno Gym? I've got some pretty, I I, I find them pretty interesting. I like their mechanics, They're, but what? Some of their equipment I use, like I stayed at a, a fancy hotel in, in Dallas when I was doing a presentation down there last year, and it was great. Like, I I never heard of the hotel. I told the organizers, I'm like, I've, I've got a very limited time. I've 